there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that just grabs every last drop of blood out of them peeps. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm gonna juice ya. Oh my god, that is exactly what it was. <laughs> oh, that episode was fucking nuts, Brandon. Stomping on people. I, know. All that I remember it like it was ten minutes ago. <laughs> so, Brandon, uh, fun thing. We just got done recording the last episode, but yeah, we're back. So... How are you doing, Brandon? How's it been? It's been like two seconds. I'm still good. Nice. I didn't ask last week, though, because we hadn't talked in a while. Did you do anything awesome like recently? Anything cool going on in your life? Oh, man. I haven't been playing tons of games like this year, but this part of the year in particular, there's just like new good games coming out all the time, and I just can't keep up. But I've been trying, so I've been playing games more than usual. That's insane, Brandon. You've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 that I saw, and you did beat Resident Evil 4, so like, hats off to you, man. You're you're on a roll. Yeah, I'm incredible. And uh, <laughs> I've started Starfield. Oh, Starfield. Yeah, that. I don't have any interest in Starfield, so you'll have to just me let me know either. how it is. <laughs> just don't really care. I don't know. I've got like 20 hours in it, and I do not like it, but I'm Ooh. going to keep playing it. Damn. Okay. Brandon, do we need to talk? Like, do we need to have an intervention or anything? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just killing time until the the cyberpunk DLC comes out. Oh yeah, I saw that there's a game called like Lies of P that's coming out that looks quite a bit like Bloodborne, so it looks kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like a Bloodborne style game with Pinocchio. Am I gonna play it though? The answer is no, but it's there. It's it's, it's something. If you want another one of those, sure. <laughs> Uh, I haven't been doing much myself, although I, ha- you know, it's, it's kind of getting into like spooky season, which I mean, it's kind of prime time for our podcast, but I think I'm going to get sure. back into speed running Resident Evil soon myself. On That's stream. awesome. So yeah, I hope it's fun. If not, what the hell am I doing with my life? I guess it's podcasting. Yeah, don't, but. don't do things that suck. Take it from <laughs> me, a person who's playing Starfield. <laughs> Even oh. though... Oh, boy. You poor, sweet, angelic angel, Brandon. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know what, though? We got another episode of Tales from the Crypt to talk about. Do you want to just kind of splish splash into this one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I'll be here painting you the picture of a little episode called Easel Kill Ya from Season 3 of Tales from the Crypt. Brandon, what did you think of Easel Kill Ya? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only the best commentary for this episode. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so we just got done recording The Reluctant Vampire. And this episode is honestly pretty similar in story of The Reluctant Vampire. Would you agree? It is kind of weird that they put these ones back to back. Yes. it's. I mean, like without spoiling anything major, because like the description that I read last week was the story. But it's a guy that doesn't want to kill that kills, you know, like for a job which is exactly what the 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 reluctant vampire was yeah tonally they're very different yeah reluctant vampire was very silly this one it takes itself a little more seriously although i do think there's still some stupidity in this episode yeah it like no one's smart in it it also has one of my absolute favorite things ever in a tales from the crypt episode happen in it, and i cannot wait to talk about it stay till the end you guys and make sure to click that subscribe button <laughs> and the thumbs up and all that right <laughs> yeah sure stay till the end folks so i get that viewership number moving on yeah let's just uh, why don't we just talk about this episode here Brandon? um <laughs> okay Let's do it. Let's let's go from the top here. Our episode opens up 
to a beating heart on a table. There's also a bunch of art supplies surrounding That's it. That's a strong opening. Yeah, it's got that visual, you see that beating heart, and you're like, oh boy, I'm in for a great episode. And then it's got like, some gore oh, right away. Wait a second. Uh, the camera pans up a little to show us the Crypt Keeper, and he's got this fancy beret on and a fake mustache, and he looks amazing. Man, he, yeah, he's got some swag in these last couple episodes, this Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, sup, kitties? Got this drip. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> he's like, do you see this fresh Van, as hell. Van Gogh mustache? <laughs> Hello. But he's painting away, Brandon, because he's an artist today. <laughs> He's always doing something new. I appreciate that about him. Yeah, it's always fresh with Crypty. Yeah. He's not like us every week. Like, do yeah. anything interesting? No. Cryptkeeper, no. though. He's always. Cryptkeeper's like, fuck, this week I was playing basketball. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Whoopi Goldberg Driving suddenly. a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm a talk show host. <laughs> he, do, he does it all. <laughs> he greets us calling us art lovers and introduces himself as Vincent Van Gogh. He's got another morbid masterpiece sure to paint us into a coroner. And he giggles. He stops and he looks at his supplies saying, hmm, something's not quite right. Ah, yes. And he lifts up a knife and he stabs it down on that heart with a, ugh, now that's a still life, Brandon. And he giggles some more because that's a good one. Then he gets into why we're all here. Tonight's tale. It concerns a painter who's tired of people giving his work the brush. He opens up the book of tales and he calls this pestilent portrait of the artist as a young mangler, Easel Killia. The picture for this episode is honestly kind of boring. It's got a dude in the foreground etching something with a knife. And he's got a couple of like knives or something on his hand. I don't know much about like painting and all that. In the background is a woman who's smiling. And that's kind of about it. Yeah, two in a row of not great covers. Nope. I'm disappointed, Brandon. You're not going to like me when I'm disappointed. We fade into the episode and we see like an art showing. There's a bunch of canvases on a wall and they just have like rectangles of yellow and red on them with like a blue stain. Um, meh is what I have in my notes. They look fine, whatever. Yeah. I, I want to see a little bit more pizzazz, you know, in artwork, but I'm not an art critic. You're not the only one, <laughs> as it turns out. There's a woman looking at them and she slowly says that all of these paintings are very nice. From behind her walks Meh. a young man yeah, named Jack, who's cleaning off his hands and saying that they're supposed to be ironic. The woman, whose name is Ellen, laughs, saying, sure, of course they are, dear. Maybe you should go back to drinking. Your work had more passion. And she chuckles some more. <laughs> and that's exactly what you shouldn't say to somebody who's a recovering alcoholic. I have in my notes yeah. here. That's like saying I liked you better when you were drunk. <laughs> I mean, that's what we said last week. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, it's Norm. That was the I mean, was moral different. of the entire story. <laughs> we liked you better when you were drunk, Norm. <laughs> Jack seems to shrug that off and says, hey, you promised me a show. And Ellen looks around the apartment warehouse thing or wherever they are and says, you know, this space could be quite compelling if you put a little effort into fixing it up. And Jack looks around too saying, I've been working day and night for like six months, all because you promised me a show if I came up with something new. Ellen's all not just new, darling. New and good. Damn. Okay, Ellen. Jeez. Jack looks sad because what the fuck, Ellen? And she walks up saying, if it's money you're worried about, I could give you a job around the gallery. I have a new Southern Primitive show to hang this week and uh, could use some help, I guess is what she says. Jack thinks on that for a moment and then looks down at a hammer on the table. 
suddenly he grabs that hammer and just bashes ellen in the head with the claw part of it and ellen fucking dies Mm -hmm. we hear jack's voiceover saying and then i saw her life slip away and there was something beautiful about it and jack blinks a few times and we hear ellen call out jack jack and we see that she is not dead it was just his imagination ellen asks jack if he wants the job or not and then we fade away and i don't know if he gets that job no we'll never know this Jack fella, right off the bat, how do you feel about him? Uh, he seems like he's got a little bit of a screw loose. Mm-hmm. And also, he's not that good of an artist. Wow. Hot takes from you, Brandon, even though I asked for them. I agree, 100%. Over with Jack in a classroom of sorts, he says, You know, I think I would have enjoyed killing her. <laughs> okay, okay, Jack. <laughs> That's a thing you say out loud to other people. Yeah, sure. there's a therapist, I, I, I put... There's a therapist, I hope, who walks up saying, but you didn't. You faced your demons, stared it down, and shared that victory with us all. I know we all appreciate that, Jack. And there's this whole room of people, and they clap at his victory, even though they just heard him say, I wish I would have killed her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She addresses the class saying, guys, we are not alone. We are. And the whole class says, forgiven. And that allows allows them to, and they all say, face another day. She tells them they're good boys and girls. And that's all for today. And they all get a Scooby snack. On the blackboard, we see that this is a meeting for Obsessives Anonymous. I'd say we're all a little bit obsessed with something, though, Brandon, right? Yeah. What is your obsession? Is it Goosebumps? You could be a little more obsessed with Uh, Goosebumps, Brandon. Yeah, I could probably be more obsessed. I should get on that. You should. I liked you better when you were obsessed with Goosebumps. (laughs) You are a bad influence, Cortland. <laughs> I'm going to buy first edition signed copies of every Goosebumps book ever made. I'd like to see it, Brandon. Show me a picture when you get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The class begins to get up, but we stop on a girl in the class. And Jack goes to collect his things, but the woman just stares at him. Outside, Jack puts his shit in his car when up walks that girl, saying that he's incredibly hard on himself. Jack smiles a little, saying, yeah, but no suffering, no art. <laughs> She asks if he actually believes that shit, and Jack tells her that he's been totally broke for a whole year. He hasn't sold a single painting. The gal, whose name is Sharon, smiles a little, touches a finger to her cheek, and bats her eyes, saying that he needs a little inspiration. Jack tries helping her out, but asks, But wait! I thought you were supposed to be staying away from obsessive relationships. Sharon giggles, saying, Whoa, who said anything about getting obsessed? I'm trying to get this nice guy named Jack to loosen up a little bit and take some time to notice the beauty around him. She's very vain, Brandon, because she's the beauty he's yeah. she's talking about. You know. Yeah, I'm getting that. We cut over to Sharon sitting in Jack's warehouse area, because I really don't know what to call it. I guess it's an apartment. It's a studio. Oh, sure. Studio apartment. I've never seen one in real life, so I wouldn't know. He tells her to face towards the window, but Sharon's all, wait, what about this? And she lifts her skirt up, showing her leg and smiles at him with her hand in her hair. Jack throws down his paintbrush because fuck that shit and asks, hey, I want a drink. You want one? And he walks over to his kitchen area and looks at Sharon saying, it's just tap water, girl. We're not going to be drinking alcohol. (laughs) He's done with that stuff, Brandon. He's off the juice. No fun today. (laughs) She says that that'd be great. And the two clink their glasses together, which is I feel like I say that a lot in Tales from the Crypt. Clinking glasses together is just all over the place. Yeah. 
It's a vibe. Brandon, do you clink glasses together with anybody at all, ever? Never. I didn't think so. I don't like drinking out of glasses. Dude, is it plastic for you? Because it's plastic for me. Give me a plastic cup any day. Love plastic cups. Jack's just kind of sitting in his chair now, and he says, I hate this place. I don't even know why I live here. I used to think it was romantic. Maybe I still do. Sharon tells him not to give up because she's seen him struggle. In fact, everybody's seen him struggle. It's not a great thing mm-hmm. to say to somebody, but you're braver and, and an honest man. Anyways, I should get going. She smooches Jack on the cheek, gathers her stuff, and is about to head out when she stops and tells Jack that he's winning. And the other side of his is only as strong as he allows it to be. Dang, kind words from Sharon. Anyway, see you tomorrow. She's in the doorway <laughs> when Jack asks what's happening tomorrow. And Sharon tells him that she'll be over for her next sitting and slams the door shut. She just invited herself over for tomorrow. Yeah what support group Mm -hmm. are these two part of they're in a giant bubble of obsession it doesn't matter what they're obsessed with if somebody's obsessed with something they need to go to that support group okay we don't really know what jack is obsessed with understand yeah i don't understand like the episode kind of hints that jack used to fucking kill people (laughs) but i I don't i don't think he would he was obsessed with it I, i don't know Brandon maybe he like there's two different things here like drinking and alcohol seems to be a part of it but they don't really they don't really go into it very much and then also he has fantasies about murdering people in cold blood and they go into that one a little bit more like spoilers but yeah I I, I don't know seems a bit that one seems a bit troubling and then Sharon over here is just obsessed with having boyfriends I don't know (laughs) she gets gets, she's a little clingy maybe She's obsessed with being hot? I guess so. I don't know, Brandon. Sure. Over with Jack, he's painting more circles and shapes and stuff with some rock music playing in the background. But you can tell it's not coming from his apartment because it's kind of muffled. He's looking at an empty chair and then just looks out to his window. He throws his paintbrush down because he does that a lot and kicks that chair over and goes out to his fire escape ladder. Um, I'm not sure what to call that. I think there's probably a better word for it rather than fire escape. Am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. It's probably just... No, that's what it is. Fire escape. That's what it is. There's a dude out there that's listening to the music, and Jack looks down at him yelling, Hey! Turn that fucking music down! The guy ignores him and takes a drink out of a bottle, so Jack tells him again, Turn the fucking music down! It's too loud. The guy gets up and turns it off for about two seconds before he turns it back up again, and now it's louder than ever. Jack doesn't like this, so he yells more at him to turn it down, calling him a son of a bitch. In response, the dude air guitars. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Fuck That's this. pretty awesome of him. <laughs> yeah, it really is, yeah. yeah. Showing dominance here, just being like, air guitaring, it's great. I would do the same thing. So Jack grabs a bottle and throws it at him, which hits him in the face, and the guy falls to the ground, because there are a couple of stories up. Like, you know, he falls a good amount of distance. Jack starts to run to go help the dude because he just, you know, kind of murdered him. And he stops and he looks down to see him in a pool of blood because he fucking died. He takes a few pictures of him and uses it as inspiration for his next art piece. I guess we time skip a minute here, Brandon, because Jack has already finished painting that dead body and he thinks it looks real great. We either time skip or he's a real sloppy painter. Well, you know, we look at the picture. What do you think of his picture? His first masterpiece. I think it looks better than the other ones the mad ones so i guess i buy into the concept of this episode that 
him murdering people creates better art. Yes, I agree. And he should continue murdering people. Yeah, if he wants to. I mean, he gets really good art out of it. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it really good. It's the best that he does in this episode. It's the best for him. Mm-hmm. He's not a very good but, uh, artist. Still okay. meh. Still meh. He wipes his hands and he flips through a magazine. And there's some really great pictures in it. And there's an article about the Mayflower coup. And it says there's, there's Malcolm Mayflower. And he outbid Mocha for controversial Holocaust exhibit. I'm pretty sure I fucked that up a lot. But basically, we got this guy, Malcolm Mayflower, who buys art of the Holocaust victims and puts it on display because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? We pop over to Jack at the Holocaust exhibit where we see pictures on the walls of just dead bodies and stuff. And uh, it looks like photos, you know. There's other pictures of like planes and somebody pointing a gun at another person. I just put, dang, okay. (laughs) Yeah, he keeps saying that he's... Like, it's an art exhibit, and he buys all this art, but everything on the walls is just, like, a JPEG printed out. Yes. Yeah, it's just, like, a wall collage of dead bodies that are in black and white, I'm assuming from the Holocaust, but it's not great, okay? Don't do this, all right? From a stairway walks a man dressed in white, because everybody in this episode, well, everybody in this show has just got the fanciest white clothes. He says, remarkable, right? Finest collection of morbid art in private hands anywhere in the world. Jack nods, saying, yeah, probably tough to get these, huh? And the guy turns out to be Malcolm Mayflower, and he says, yeah, sure was. So, you insist you have a couple of uh, possible additions to this? Jack's all, I don't know, maybe. Malcolm tells Jack to quit being coy and to show him the good stuff. So Jack walks over to his painting of that dead guy he just finished like an hour ago and pulls the cloth off covering it. He lifts that shit up, and Malcolm likes what he sees, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Jack asks, so do you like it? Malcolm's all, no, I covet it. All right, well, anyway, I said, okay, Malcolm, whatever. Fucking weirdo. He is a, definitely a weirdo. He might be the one of the weirdest characters we've had. So he walks over to his picture saying, look at this shit, Jack. These are some of the most awful moments in the 20th century. Downstairs, I have thousands more in a vault. They're graphic and real. But they lack one thing. One supremely important thing. The artist's touch. Because these are pictures, Brandon. They are not art. I mean, I, no. they're art, but like, are they art? I don't know. They're like, not. <sighs> Photography is an art, but these are not artworks. Yes. Yeah, they're not painted by hand kind of thing. They're just pictures. He wants to see that and the artist interpret the horrors of the world through the darkness of their own soul. He says that Jack's got some of that darkness, huh? You hear the shadow's voice. Okay, okay, Malcolm. <laughs> you are extra. Jack is totally done with Malcolm's shit, just like we all are. Points at his painting, asking, so you buying this or what? Malcolm asks him how much, but Jack isn't sure. I don't know, maybe two? Malcolm says that's an insult to his talent, but gives him a check. Jack looks at it and tries to hand it back, saying, no, $200. But Malcolm insists that he takes it, saying it could be a down payment for his next one. He wants to give him $20,000 for it sure. because he's got great expectations for Jack. This Malcolm McDonald, McDonald Mayflower, Malcolm Mayflower, he doesn't, he's not very good with his money. No. He must have a lot of it, but not that much because his whole museum is just printed out photos from the internet. Yes, and it's just at his house. The 1991 internet. <laughs> Jack is not sure he's ready to paint another one of these, but Malcolm assures him he is totally ready. A butler walks up and hands the boys some drinks. And Malcolm takes his telling him not to turn his back now and not to be afraid. So Jack thinks about that for a second. And then they clink glasses again. 
And Jack drinks up on that hard shit because it's like champagne or some bullshit. Jack doesn't seem to like what's going on, but he looks over at his painting and then we warp to his apartment where he's painting up some stuff. Well, he's really just smashing his paintbrush on the canvas and being all sweaty looking at an empty chair, but whatever, whatever works for him. We hear Sharon's voice ask, how's this, Jack? And then she materializes onto the chair. <laughs> Jack continues painting and ignoring her materialized body that just like fades into different posing positions and just keeps asking him, well, how's this? You know, and he does not give a shit. No, it seems really distracting for Jack. <laughs> I don't know. Finally, she fades away and Jack throws his paintbrush down. Then Rage throws his canvas to the ground. He picks up a bottle and he tosses that too. And then we zip to the stairs where Zack is putting on his coat and he looks like he's about to leave. But he's stopped by a woman calling out, hey, artist. Why don't you uh, pick us up a nice ball of entertainment while you're out? Huh? And she holds up some money, but stops saying, oh, unless you're still pretending to be sober. Damn. He's all, nah, it's not me this time. And she says, oh, yeah, who'd you kill? And he tells this woman he sold a painting and she's all, damn, okay. Well, there's a sucker born every minute. And this is, I'm sorry, you guys, like, I feel like this is a jumble of, of things happening. We're, we'll get there, I promise. We hear a baby cry in the distance and Jack asks, so what's all this stuff? Is it kid stuff? Because I guess there's stuff in the hallway or whatever. And she tells him, yeah, I'm going to go lock it up in the basement. I'm going to sell it for that dead creep's back rent because I, I guess she's, I don't know, the guy he killed was the manager. I don't know. Can you imagine an old, old lady like me lugging all this shit down the slippery stairs? I could trip and break my neck. This gets Jack's attention because he is all over deaths that could easily be, mis be mistaken as accident. And says, oh, I'll help. Immediately, Brandon, we cut to a woman screaming and tumbling down the stairs. Yeah, hard cut. It's, it's insane. She gets impaled by hedge clippers and screams and fucking dies. At the top of the steps is Jack with his camera snapping pics because this is gold. Yeah. It's Lizzie McGuire so, up in here. Whole episode is Lizzie McGuire. It's, it's insane. He walks down the steps a little and grabs a glass from a table and uses it to scoop up some of her blood. Suddenly, the woman bursts to life and grabs his neck screaming. Jack wrestles with her for a moment and takes another picture while she's being strangled until she finally fucking dies. So now Jack's all bloody and he just walks away up the stairs. He takes a final look at her body and we warp to sometime later where Jack's completed another painting. We see his paintbrush is dipped in that woman's blood and everything, and the picture itself is much more, um, it's a little bit more like of an artist interpretation. Because his last piece was literally yeah. like photo, it wasn't photorealism, but it was a picture of the guy with blood all around him. This he picture, pretty much traced the last one. Yeah, especially compared to this one. Because this one, okay, there's some stairs, and then there's this weird squid-looking creature falling down it with an exposed ribcage. And then there's these big garden shears under it. I don't know what he's doing, but everything else in Malcolm's like artsy museum is all realistic things. I don't know why he thought that this would sell. <laughs> it would sell to one person. Who, Malcolm? I guess. Yeah. It, do it just doesn't seem like this would fit into Malcolm's collection. It's very uh, surreal. No, and... because Malcolm doesn't collect art. Good point. He collects bullshit. Bro just wants to be on, like, Rotten.com, but it doesn't exist yet. So yeah, he's like, you're right. you gotta collect all these uh, pictures of dead bodies. Ugh. 
But the thing is, is like you wouldn't even know that this came from inspiration of an actual dead body. It's so surreal. I don't know. It's stupid. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It looks like a a screed cat from The Thing or something. Yes. Yeah. There's a knock at the door and Jack asks, yeah, who is it? Well, it's Sharon, his forgotten friend. He snaps out of bed saying, oh, hold on. He scampers over to the painting. He grabs the pictures and the blood and hides that in a cupboard, telling her to just wait. He then throws a blanket over his art piece and then moseys over to the door. He unlocks it and just stares at Sharon, who says, Yeah, you haven't been in the group in a couple of weeks and your phone's been off the hook. Jack tells her that he's been working. So she steps inside it, saying, On my portrait, I hope. And I said, Okay, Sharon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit obsessed. Jack tells her, Nah, on a commission. I've got a patron who's paying for a piece. Sharon thinks that's wonderful and asks what kind of piece it is. Jack tells her it's something that would really complement his decor. Sharon thinks that is just great and hopes his new patron will let him finish her picture. Sharon, for Christ's sake, the world does not revolve around you. Oh my God, Sharon. So ridiculous. She goes to take a peek of his picture, but Jack snaps, don't touch that. Sharon, I don't think I can finish your portrait. I don't have it in me. Sharon's getting her portrait and tells him to just believe in himself because he's real great. Jack's all, okay, enough of this bullshit. Goodness and charity are going to drive the bad boy out of Jack, right? And he stomps over to the picture and reveals it, saying, You don't really even know me a little bit, Sharon. Sharon, who's looked at the picture and doesn't know what the hell it is, because nobody does, steps up to him saying, Yes, I do, and then smooches him on the lips. They smooch again, and we look at the picture again before we fade to some sex in the bedroom. Oh, boy. We get to see Jack's butt cheeks and everything, Brandon. Yeah, we get some butt. Sharon tells Jack that she loves him in the heat of the moment and tells him not to hold back and to give in to her. And it's really weird, Sharon. What is wrong with you? Her voice starts to morph into the voice of Malcolm. And then the room gets darker and Jack spins Sharon around and she is the Malcolm now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel like their relationship, uh, some issues. It's pretty weird. Um, the Malcolm is shirtless too, so I like to imagine that he's just naked. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He Jack's got his hands all up on her neck, and he's laughing at him, saying that he should just give in, and it's what he wants. And Jack grabs his alarm clock and is about to bash the shit out of the naked Malcolm in his bed, but he turns back into Sharon, who's all, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Jack! What the hell's going on here?" And he lowers the alarm clock, mm-hmm, and he gets mm-hmm. off of her. They sit there for a second before Jack puts on his clothes and is about to leave, but Sharon asks where he's going, and he tells her to wait there for him. He grabs the painting and leaves the room, saying that he needs her to just be there when he gets back. Which, if I were Sharon, I wouldn't be there, because I almost just got smashed in the head with an alarm clock. Over at Malcolm's place, Malcolm has Jack's painting in his hand, saying, This shit is dope. Better than I had ever even hoped for. It's the beginning of a beautiful career. Jack walks up saying, nah, man, that's the end of the career. That's the last painting I'm going to do for you. They walk over to a nice seaside view outside. And Malcolm's all, now what's all the hubba with this now? Hmm? Jack tells him, forget about it. Just give me the money and we'll both have what we want. Malcolm again tells Jack he's on the verge of greatness and his unique talent. And he can't deprive the world of his pictures, I guess. Yeah, he can. He sure can. He should. (laughs) 
Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite struggling artist. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. If you just can't get enough up all night, become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. We post plenty of content for you to enjoy, like ad-free episodes, bonus content, bloopers, and so much more. We've got new uploads multiple times a week and tiers that start as low as a dollar a month. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, The Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and you boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can find us all over social media. We're at Up All Night Podcast on Instagram, at Up All Night HA Podcast on YouTube, at Private Island Presents on TikTok, and at UAN Pod on Twitter. For all the latest and greatest, follow us and see what we've been posting. I do go live on Twitch all the time too, so stop by and say hello. Follow me at twitch.tv slash privateislandc, where I typically play some spooky and chill games like Resident Evil and Stardew Valley. It's a great time, and I love to chat with everybody while I play. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to that episode we've got going on here, and I will talk with you next week. Bye, everybody. Jack assures them that he has stopped the moment he finished this painting. But Malcolm offers him $100,000 for his next painting. Jack thinks about this for a second, and Malcolm pushes him more, saying, I see you haven't totally exercised your better half. Jack tells him, no, this isn't going to work. So Malcolm gets real with him, saying, look, you're not a man easily satisfied by the ordinary. You're never going to be excited by the simple pleasures like love, happiness, etc. Jack pokes Malcolm in the chest, saying, you just give me my money right now, mister. So Malcolm reaches into his pocket and hands Jack a check saying that there's so much more where this came from. Jack walks away saying that he doesn't need it, but Malcolm walks a little closer after him saying, Oh, I think you will, Jack. I think you will. I think he will, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bit of episode left. I mean, we got time for him to reconsider, right? I hope so. Something has to happen. <laughs> oh, something amazing happens, Brandon. Over at the apartment, Sharon is playing with that clock that almost bashed her in the head, and it's about 9 o'clock p.m. She looks bored and tired and wondering why she wasted her entire day in this fucking studio apartment. She walks over to the cabinet and opens that up and sees the glass jar of blood and a brush. She sniffs that and thinks it smells disgusting. Then she finds the photographs and looks through them. She sees the dead bodies and is like, what the? When Jack's hand reaches over because he entered the room like a ninja. And is all, Sharon? Sharon grabs the knife off the table and asks her to give him a second to explain. She raises that knife up and backs away from him. And he tells Sharon that he isn't that person anymore. But she just keeps backing up as he says that he needs her now. She opens up the door. She runs away. And Jack chases after her, screaming for her. She drops the knife. Why? I don't know, man. Why do they always drop the knife? I mean, of course, it's because they need it for the plot. But, man, so dumb. It's, um... It's stupid, but you know what? It doesn't really matter, because what happens next is incredible, Brandon. She makes her way outside and runs into the street. Suddenly, a fucking taxi or something speeds her way and rams into her, 
flipping her over the hood and out the side of the road, (laughs) then just speeds away. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, (laughs) Gotta say, it's one of the most unexpected things I've seen. It's so well done. Like, it looks like she just got rammed by that taxi. Like, you see the entire thing, and it was so good. And I love that it's in this episode, because it needed something, you know? It needed somebody to get hit by a car to be entertaining. Yes. It certainly boosted this episode up a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's got that car impact boost there's like there's a gif on the internet of like a dude getting hit by a car that gets played a really on the regular this is like higher echelon tier of like seeing somebody get hit by a car it looks like it's straight out of a movie like they did a great job with it i can't hype it up enough it's so good i'm sure they just ran this poor woman over it looks like it <laughs> it looks great <laughs> She is very dedicated to her craft. She's she's read the script and she's like, I get hit by a car, huh? I'll do it. And to get to show my butt cheeks, sign me up. No, I'm thinking about it, Brian. This episode's got it all. <laughs> butt cheeks? Car accidents? Like, come on. <laughs> Jack walks up on her and we cut over to the hospital where Sharon is in a room and connected to machines for life support. Jack is outside looking into her room when out walks the doctor saying, well, cerebral cortex is extensively damaged. I'm not sure she'll survive the night. Jack yells for him to do something, but the doc tells him, look, we have the best neurosurgeon in the city on his way right now to evaluate the situation. If anybody can save her, he can. However, the girl has no insurance, her family has no money, and the operation is very difficult and very expensive. And I said, damn, if only this was filmed in Canada. Jack looks around for him. It's kind of funny, though. This is from, like, 1991, and we still had the same medical issues that we have today. Insane. But that's commentary for a different podcast, Brandon. We're here to have fun and Yeah, we're going to start a different podcast where we talk all about that stuff. But you're here for <laughs> women getting hit by taxis. <laughs> Jack looks around for a moment, then yells at him to go get the doctor to do the operation, and he'll get the money. And he storms out of there and outside. He walks over to a car and looks over to see some dude getting out of another car with a briefcase. So he sneaks up on the dude and starts strangling him. (sighs) Behind the ambulance, we watch Jack bash the shit out of this dude's head and then drags him to an alleyway. Jack then pulls out a piece of cardboard or something and a paintbrush and he dabs the brush in this guy's bloody face and starts painting a picture. The paintbrush sucks though, so he throws that down and then starts just using his fingies. Some time passes and we see Malcolm with the absolute shit painting in his hands. It's on cardboard. It's just a blob of blood with like some brain matter or something on it. But Malcolm says that it's made him very happy because Malcolm's stupid. <laughs> this is easily the worst. Like I, I made comments about how stupid those rectangles and stuff were. This is the worst painting. They didn't even try. They just slapped some red on a piece of cardboard and were like, there you go. And it works. Yeah. Jack demands 100k. And we warp back to the hospital. He runs inside and bursts into the waiting room or whatever where the doctor is. And he's saying that he's got the money right here. The doc sighs saying that that won't be necessary. Because the surgeon who could have saved Sharon's life was murdered a few hours ago. Some maniac attacked him on his way here. Caved in his skull. And that's that. Sorry. And he walks away. Like one of his colleagues was just murdered. And he's just like, here you go, random person. This is exactly what happened. Anyway, bye. Yeah. Unbelievable. Cortland. Yeah. 
Were you surprised by this little twist? No, I was way more surprised that Sharon got hit by a taxi car. <laughs> yeah, that was way more surprising. This twist, I didn't even know it was supposed to be a twist, because as soon as I saw that guy get out of his car, I was like, oh, that must be the, the surgeon arriving. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then he murdered him, and I was like, oh, well, that's going to be ironic. Yeah, it sets it up as if this is like some big thing. Like, if they would have made this be the like one of the first people he murdered, that would have been different. But they, I don't know. It's just not that, I don't know. They're like, he's on his way, and then he gets there. Like, of course that's him. Yes. He's got a briefcase. Of course he's an important surgeon. Hello? Well, let's see what happens here, because we got another little twist here. We stay with Jack, who looks around like, ah, oh, shit. The cops are there and everything, so he slowly walks over to Sharon's room, where she's fucking dead. So the doctors put the blanket over her face to, like, signify that. A detective that was standing next to the cops walks over to Jack saying, Mr. Craig? I understand that you're an artist. And he lifts up that bloody paintbrush that Jack threw down at the scene of the crime. Jack stops. He looks at Sharon's room, closes the blinds, and that is the end of Easel Kill Ya. So, is he going to kill more people or is he caught? Well, it. I feel like this episode is a hot mess express, Brandon, because like <laughs> it's... The way it's set up, it's like he did kill people before and he's obsessed with that. But maybe he's just obsessed with thinking about killing people. Also, perhaps alcohol. And why isn't he just like in an institute already? This guy's clearly insane. Yeah. Why does he care about Sharon? He doesn't seem to like give any shits about Sharon. Like as if they had just met at the beginning of this episode. And then I guess they had sex or something. So that links them up together. But like he was willing to throw down a hundred grand for this girl that honestly isn't going to want anything to do with him considering she knows that he murdered two people unless she very conveniently got hit in the part of her head that remembered the last 35 seconds mm -hmm. i don't know i don't brandon i'm gonna chalk this one up to being kind of stupid <laughs> it's a pretty stupid episode yeah i think i liked this episode more before we started talking about it yeah my bad i have that i didn't fact. i didn't love it but now that we talk about it, this episode is real dumb. Mm -hmm. The only saving thing for this episode for me is that taxi that hits her. <laughs> so that, was, that was really good. That was really good work. It hits her. It hits her good. Over with Crypty, he looks to be still in the painting mood. And he's got a little stick with a human finger on it. And he's using that to paint his masterpiece. And he looks at the camera saying, well, Sharon's croaking is sure to leave a very bad taste on Jack's palate. What a shame she turned into such a Mona Lisa. And he giggles. You know, kitties, some artists prefer watercolors. Others prefer oils. But me, I prefer finger painting. And he laughs. And that is the end. And I just say, man, that mustache looks awesome. He pulls it off. Good job, Crypty. So, Brandon, that's Easel Kill Ya. I think we kind of already gave what we thought about this one. It's kind of stupid, not going to lie. Yeah. D did you learn anything from Easel Killia? Uh, it's very easy to make $100,000. Yeah, you just have to find somebody willing to buy your crappy art. Artistry is the way to go, apparently, unless you just are on a bad streak where you don't sell anything for a month. Or no, he said a whole year, I think, didn't he? I don't remember. You know what? doesn't really matter. I found out, Brandon, that blood is the best painting paint imaginable. Why do we even use paint? Like, just get blood and put different dyes in it. It's dumb because we just, like, blood is an infinite resource. You just make more of it. That's true. It's kind of like like life hack. If you need free blood, just cut your body and then get it out of you. Like, it's fine. Yeah, squeeze it out of you. 
like toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> Have someone jump on you. <laughs> Dude, I didn't learn a single thing from this episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to learn. Easel Killia is a terrible episode name. I think it looks stupid. I think it's dumb pun. What? What's the pun? Like an easel sounds like it'll. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> If you squint really hard, Easel it does. Easel kill ya? Easel, it'll kill ya. Easel. It'll easel. No. I think it should. Work. Brandon, I got the perfect name. I think it should have been called Art Attack. That's way better. <laughs> I'm Yeah, look at me. I could be the next Crypt Keeper. That would have been a way better name. Because I'm pretty sure like later on there's one called like It'll Kill Ya. So like. <laughs> what were they doing? I don't know, man. Easel kill ya. That's a terrible name. Such a terrible name. I agree. You know what? I fuck it, Brandon. I'm ready to meet this cast. Let's get this over with. <laughs> okay. So first up, we have we have Jack played by Tim Roth, and Timmy the over Tim here. Roth. He's been in so many things, bunches and bunches. Yeah. Started off 1982, made in Britain. Uh, he was also in Twice Upon a Time, Tales from the Crypt, Reservoir Dogs, Murder in the Heartland. I don't know. Do you recognize this guy though? Yeah, well, it's Tim Roth, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's Tim Roth. Hello. It's in Pulp Fiction. I remember him from that. Yep. He was on a TV show called Lie to Me or something like that. I always remember that. That sounds familiar. He was in uh, the new Twin Peaks season. Well, Ooh. Relatively new. He was in an, an uncredited role of Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, which came out a couple of years ago. He was an abomination. Sick. Yeah. Most recently, he was in She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, for four episodes, but also Last King of the Cross from uh, this year so yeah, he's still working it today he's in a lot of things pretty good actor i gotta cool. say i wish he was a little bit better in this, this episode but it's okay that's all right yeah next up brandon we have roya Megnot, the late roya who passed away in 2009 she played sharon oh she started things off not in too many things she started off 1987 with night rose i can't say this akbar's daughter i don't know what that is she was in macgyver back in 92 the bold and the beautiful for eight episodes ended her career in 1998 with thirst where she played a tv reporter cool yeah rest in peace roya next so the woman that got pushed down the stairs uh i don't know what she was named in this episode i didn't look it up it was played, played by nancy fish and um i just wanted to bring her up a little bit because she was in some pretty great things like howard the duck the mask exorcist three okay so it was the woman from the mask yes i was i thought like oh she reminds me of that woman from the mask who yells at him from the hallway out of her door so like man she has a very specific yeah she was okay. typecasted as woman who yells into a hallway uh she started things off way back in 1963 i guess with general hospital so she's been working it for a really long time I feel like she's probably best known for being in The Exorcist 3 as one of the nurses there. Never really seen that movie, though, so I can't really comment on it. I have, however, seen The Drew Carey Show, which she was in an episode of. So there's that. All right. Uh, most recently, she was in a show called Love Shack from 2010. So she hasn't done anything in a little while, but she exists. Next, let's talk about Deborah Mooney, who played uh, Ellen at the beginning of the episode, who got hit in the head with a hammer. Oh, yeah, her. Yeah. She's also been in, gosh, a billion things. Let me keep scrolling here. Started off 1976 with, oh boy, Del Vecchio. Del Vecchio. Sure. What else was she in? She was a Tootsie, Brandon. <laughs> Ooh, that's my favorite movie I've never seen. Mine too. 
She was in the TV show Roseanne. She was on four episodes of that. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She played Nurse Petty. Oh, that's awesome. Northern Exposure. Touched by an Angel, Brandon. The Ellen DeGeneres show. Not the, like, talk show, but the actual, like, sitcom she had. Yeah. Joan of Arcadia. Parks and Recs. She was in one episode of that. She was in Scandal and Grey's Anatomy. And most recently, she was in Inventing Anna. She was a judge. Last character, Brandon. Last one we got going on here. Malcolm Mayflower, I think was his name. He was William Atherton. Yes, I recognize him. What do you recognize him from? Ghostbusters and also a little movie that I love called Biodome. You do love Biodome. I fucking love Biodome. Anyone out there (laughs) who hasn't seen Biodome, don't watch it because it's bad, but I love it. <laughs> Just know if you do accidentally watch it, Brandon loves it. Yeah, if you're watching it and you're thinking like, man, this is bad, you're wrong, but also right. <laughs> well, William here, he started his career off back in 1972 with the new Centurion. He was also, of course, in Goosebumps. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. He was not. He was in Ghostbusters. <laughs> that one just slipped out. You know, you start with the G, you go for the Goosebumps. Uh, the Twilight Zone, he was in that back in the 80s. Uh, Die Hard 2, Murder, She Wrote, Biodome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nobody's seen that movie. Um, let's see. Let me look at some newer stuff here. Stargate SG-1, The Girl Next Door. He was in Castle. Most recently, he was in something called Bad Company from 2018. Cool. Sure. That's our cast, though, Brandon. That is, I think that's it for Easel Killia. Do you want to find out what's next week? I'm excited to see. Yeah. Do we have uh, something about somebody killing people for money or a job? Uh, Yes, I think so. Exactly that. So the next episode, season three, episode nine, is called Undertaking Pallor. Pallor? P-A-L-O-R? Pallor? What is that word? Pallor. 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 Okay. Is Is that like like a... A funeral home? Is that what that is? Webster's Dictionary defines. <laughs> Half this podcast is you telling me what things mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyway, the, the the description reads, Four boys find out that the local undertaker and a pharmacist are in cahoots, I love that word, to murder rich locals and profit from their funerals. Oh my god. So it is the same thing, but it's from the perspective <laughs> Of people who are finding out about it. Yeah. It's from the perspective of one of your favorite actors ever, Brandon. Jason Marsden is in this episode. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) We got some real star power now. The voice of Max from Goof Troop is in this episode. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. You want to do a triple recording? We can watch it right now. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Okay. I'm excited though, Brandon. Undertaking, how's the word say? Pallor? Pallor? Pallor. Undertaking Pallor. Let's do it, Brandon. Next week though. I've, I've had enough Tales from the Crypt for today. I'm ready to go start my day and you can go to all damn right. bed. You're losing it. I know. I've been up all night, you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm done here. Next week, we have another episode. So we'll, we'll be back and better than ever. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brandon. You go to bed now. I'm out. Bye. Bye. Maybe you should go back to drinking.